Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. The most effective and least expensive marketing plan, bar none, and probably many people already are anticipating what I'm about to say, is to build a business through referral. In other words, by having your winning customers or clients bringing in or sending in their friends and associates. It is so inexpensive that you can actually do it without any outlay of cash at all. But I'm going to tell you something very important. It does take skill and knowing what you are doing. Even members who tell me their business is, quote, all referral, end quote, could do much better at it. And very importantly, often don't even recognize what they are doing that creates those referrals. So they have difficulty, quote, turning it on, end quote, when they need or want to. There are mechanics and there is technology to creating referrals. If you think it's just a matter of handing out a card and suggesting to a customer that maybe you can help some of his friends, well, that's a lot better than nothing, but there is more to it than that, much more. This is actually a vast subject, a very important one, because with this knowledge, you are never in a corner you can't get out of marketing-wise, because as long as you have at least one customer, even if it's your mother, Honey, I'm so proud of you. You can promote yourself out of trouble if you know what you're doing. And there are quite a few aspects to this, more than can be covered in a single episode. But thankfully, we have covered many of these aspects in earlier episodes. So if you want to get a really good grip on the subject, I do recommend listening or re-listening to Episode 2, Volume 1, Outflow. Uh, episode 3, Volume 1, What is Your Product? Which we also just uh, reissued as a bonus episode because it's really critical to this one. Uh, so you can listen to that one. And Episode 21, uh, Volume 2 on Goodwill Promotion. As per Mr. Hubbard, as we have covered in the above episodes and in many others, if you would inflow, you must outflow, and all inflow is proportional to some form of outflow. I have a member who is a personal trainer, for example, who could never figure out what outflow he was doing that, uh, if he recognized it, would put him in the driver's seat on his inflow of new clients. Like, what am I doing that creates the inflow? We, we looked at a couple of things, but we started keeping a statistic of the number of smiles he, quote, delivered, end quote, every day in the gym and found the more he smiled at people, the more business he got. So we started keeping a statistic of smiles delivered and that put him at cause because now he could isolate, okay, here's the outflow that I do that creates the inflow. So it is important to know what is the outflow that you can generate in your business that will generate inflow of referrals. And then, of course, track the volume of it. As we covered in one of the above reference episodes, the senior most outflow and the one thing that referrals depend upon and without which any referral system, no matter how clever, will not succeed is, of course, excellent service and products. You need winning customers. You need happy clients, patients that are winning. We're going to operate on the assumption that you have learned this from your earlier episodes, and we're not going to go into that in a lot of detail here. So based on that premise that you are delivering well, and you could almost, as I've covered in earlier episodes, you could almost count on that outflow alone. If you deliver excellent service, you know, the old time chiropractor used to say, take care of your patients and they will take care of you. There is some truth to that, but it's not complete. I'm, I can assure you of that. Okay, no matter how good you are, 
you need to have marketing strategies as simple or basic as they might be. Don't just assume that if you just deliver a fantastic product, that it will take care of you entirely. It, it almost could if you're good enough, but uh, even the best, really, you need to isolate your outflow uh, in terms of promotion and marketing and public relations type messages, let's say, in order to really be successful and guarantee your survival and success and expansion. Okay, so let's dig into the subject. So now the term referral is not generally used in the Hubbard management system, except uh, in the sense of passing the buck, right? It can be used that way too. Here's Mr. Hubbard's definition. This is from an article, 30 January, 1969. He says, quote, one can keep a calm, short for communication, one can keep a calm line in endless foment, F-O-M-E-N-T, which means like stirred up. One can keep a calm line in endless foment by pretending that the easiest way not to work is to not handle things or to refer things. Everything one doesn't handle comes back and bites. Everything one refers has to be done when it comes back to one. Complete the action. Do it now. End quote. That's Mr. Hubbard. So that is one sense of referral. It's not a very laudatory sense. And it's not the sense we're talking about here. The sense we're talking about right now, let's define it from a regular English dictionary. A referral is a person recommended to someone uh, or for something. Now, the term used in the Hubbard management system is selectee, S-E-L-E-C-T-E-E. -E -E. And uh, selectee would be someone who has been selected by uh, another customer to come into your place of business for service or for product, right? So that would be called a selectee because they've been selected. But for the purpose of this episode, we're going to stick with the customary term used in the business world, which is referral. Okay, now the term used to describe the person doing the selecting or, quote, referral, end quote, is called in the Hubbard management system, a field staff member, which is a brilliant concept all by itself. From the perspective of the Hubbard management system, the person bringing in the referrals or selectees is regarded as part of the team. They are even called field staff. In the Hubbard management system, they even get an official appointment letter and certain documentation, everything. It's like certification. You are officially appointed, you know, a field staff member. I can't say I've ever had a wise member start designating their customers as, quote, field staff, end quote, or, quote, field reps, end quote. But I don't know that it wouldn't work splendidly just like the rest of the Hubbard management system. One of these days, I'm sure one of my wise members is going to have the brass to go ahead and start appointing their customers and clients as, you know, honorary field staff or something like that and give them a certificate and probably would work. I, I've never seen it done particularly, but I will tell you this. The bottom line is that the more you can make your best customers, clients, or patients part of the team by imparting your purpose or your, quote, mission, end quote, and bringing them into the family, the better off your referral program will go. Uh, here's what Mr. Hubbard says in his article of 26 March 1965. He says this, quote, The idea is a parallel of the sales representative. This is the most successful of industrial sales plans. The evolution is from factory to factory product salesman to the factory having retail stores. If the retail branches don't forget to have field, not store, salesmen in their turn, then expansion goes on. Always have a public contact pursue out in the public 
not at a nice desk in the factory, end quote. It's Ron Hubbard. So Mr. Hubbard obviously studied the successful pattern of industrial sales plans where in order to be very successful, they didn't just have salespeople sitting at desks. They had people out there making contact in the public. And so you have your own employees are sitting in the office with you or the, and you may have some sales representatives out there, which is not a bad idea. If you, if your business lends itself to that should always have an employee, you know, paid employee out there uh, mixing it up with uh, the general public and making public contact and going out to lunch with people and visiting other businesses. I mean, that is a vital uh, element, but it's not the subject of what we're talking about right now. We're talking about taking um, someone who is not really an employee, strictly speaking, he's not on your payroll, but you're bringing in a winning customer or client and you're making them part of your group and you're making them a field staff. Why? Because they're out there with the public. They are public. They're out there talking to others. And you need to have that public contact going out out there in what we call the field in order to achieve the level of success that you probably want. So you are, if you want to institute a real referral system, recruiting field representatives, you could call them, for yourself or your company. And you should treat it that way. You understand what I'm saying? It's a recruitment cycle of action. One of the vital subproducts to referrals, of course, are winning customers. But next would be winning customers who've been made to feel like part of your team and take pride in sending you business. And that takes recruitment. A brush off conversation, you know, you know, hurriedly as the patient is leaving or the customer is leaving, you know, by the way, be nice if you send us some people. That is not a recruitment conversation. Okay. And it would not be the same, for instance, as taking a good client or to lunch or better yet, how about this? Inviting, and I know guys who do this, inviting your best customers to a special lunch or dinner where you present them with tokens of your thanks, like certificates entitling them to special discounts at the business or recognition awards or a special gift of some kind, and then giving them sort of a behind the scenes look at what your organization is trying to accomplish, what it's trying to achieve, what your mission is. They may not have a very strong mission for their business, doesn't mean you can't have one for yours, right? That sort of incites some passion. You'll make them part of the team. This is what we're doing. This is our mission. This is what we believe in. And they're kind of like been let in behind the curtain, so to speak. Always treat your, quote, reps, let's call them that, as VIPs because they are. I have a member who has a policy to be notified whenever a good referral source is in the shop. Not only are the staff trained to treat them like royalty, he never fails to come out and see them himself and see what their needs are. Smart move. But I also have members who, believe it or not, don't even keep records of who referred who when and who their top referral sources are. I ask them, like, who are your top referral sources? I don't know. Do you keep a record? Well, record? You know, am I supposed to? Like, can you imagine that? Wow. If you detect a tone of sarcasm, that's because I seldom see such records. But think about it. Who is the most likely to send you the next customer than the guy who keeps sending you customers? You better know who they are. And not just by gosh and by golly, but by having some sort of a record or statistic of it. As a note, your field staff don't just have to be customers. They can be allied businesses, guys in related businesses, like an alliance between, for instance, uh, a general contractor and a realtor. 
for example, or, you know, chiropractors and lawyers for personal injury cases or a physical therapist in a gym. There can be hundreds of variations of these sorts of alliances, and you can use your own imagination to think up some for your own business. But the same rules apply. Make them part of your team. And as part of that exchange, make sure you are on theirs and you are sending them business too. I mean, that's, that's an obvious one, right? So that would be your next lesson from Mr. Hubbard on this. Include your reps with the team, invite them to staff parties and that sort of thing, and work out a way to reward them. If you can give them uh, a monetary commission, I recommend it. Do so. If you can't legally, then work out another reward. And this is important. Keep your records straight and make sure the rewards come through when they earn them. In my experience, if the rewards don't come through, as insignificant as you might think they are to that millionaire banker that just brought you a new patient, they are strangely appreciative and always makes the guy think about who the next person is they're going to refer. I had a member who uh, would select wise members uh, to wise who worked damn hard for his quote, cigar money, end quote, which is what he put his commissions towards. And even though the guy made plenty of money in his own business for cigars, it's a game, you know, and uh, great, you know, I'm going to go out and buy myself some expensive cigars now, you know, people like games, don't you? So always come through with your end of the deal. This is a firm policy in the Hubbard management system. And I quote from an article from Mr. Hubbard, dated 15 October, 1965, where any states, quote, policy is, no field staff member who selects a person for service may remain unpaid, end quote, firm policy. Okay, so if they're bringing in people, whatever your game is, codify it, write it down, and make sure you come through. And uh, in the Harvard management system, there's several checks and balances in place to make sure that never happens. And you should set up something like that in your own office so that, you know, you make sure everybody that brings people gets rewarded. So that's the next thing. Work out a reward system and a game for your reps and make sure you stick to it and provide those rewards. All right. Next, I want to provide you with a very broad datum from Mr. Hubbard, which has application in many, many areas. And we should probably visit it again and again, but we're going to dig into its use as it applies to generating referrals. And this is from an article dated 21 February 1961. He says here, control equals income. When you have people who cannot control people on sales registration posts, your income falls or vanishes, end quote. And he goes on to say uh, later, he says here, as any control we exert upon the public brings about a better society, we are entirely justified in using control. I'll run over it. Now, you, you probably have to get over the idea that control is a bad thing. I fly a lot for my work. and. Um, you know, when I get aboard that airplane, I have no fear of flying, but I do hope like hell that the uh, pilot knows how to control his aircraft. And uh, when I go to uh, Taylor or um, Barber, you know, and they try to control me, lift your arm this way, turn this way, you know, put this on, take this off. Uh, I don't fight them. They're supposed to, I'm being there to be controlled. You control me, man. You're the tailor. 
you're the barber. I'm not going to, you know, he tries to move my head to the left and I'm going to be damned if I'm going to let him shove my face to the left. You know, of course that he's in control. And so the better, as long as the control is in the interest of bettering the person or bettering their lives or bettering their circumstances, it's entirely justified, right? So get over it if you have an issue with control or if any of your employees do. Just make sure your mission is worthwhile, that your purpose is a positive purpose and, you know, you're, you've got a right. And people expect it. I mean, you know, they don't come in knowing exactly what they want. Most people do, unless there's some sort of a no best customer. We all get those. But by and large, people are there. They, they, they want to establish trust with you. Don't betray that trust and put in good control, which is, of course, uh, as we covered in earlier episodes, start, change, and stop. You know, you are, you are in control. All right. So here's how this applies to referrals. If you want your field reps wherever you're designating to get results, the more you can, the more control you put on them and the more control they can exert on their referrals or selectees, the better. So if you're just saying, look, um, you know, do you have any family members you think I could help with, uh, with the service that you've received here? Oh yes. You know, uh, I think my kids would, you know, okay, good. Well, you know, uh, make sure you bring them next time. Now, how much control did you exert? And how much control is that person now going to exert? Of course, if it's mom and her kids, it's probably pretty good. But, you know, what if it's a neighbor? So, yeah, my neighbor is always complaining about his back aches. Okay, good. Well, why don't you bring him in? I probably can fix it. You think that's going to do it? Um... of the time, maybe, maybe more like 1% of the time, you're not putting enough control in. It's a little bit different than saying this. You say, well, your neighbor is having issues with his back. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Do you know, by the way, it takes a few minutes, huh? Like don't try and do this on the way out the door or as they're exiting the the, the room. If you want to get referrals, you designate a double appointment or something. You make sure you have the time to have a legitimate, real conversation because otherwise you're not going to put any control in. So it's okay. So you you tell me that your neighbor, Joe Smith, is having an issue with his back. Uh, yeah, he, he really is. He complains about it here and there. And, you know, whenever he comes over, he's talking about it. Really? Or you say your neighbor. He says, yeah, my neighbor. Okay, good. So what's his name? Uh, Joe Smith. Oh, really? Hmm. Okay. And uh, how often do you see him? Oh, every day. Okay, do you guys go out for coffee or whatever? You see, remember from your earlier podcasts, the causation triangle, knowledge, responsibility, and control. You're trying to get more knowledge. You want to get the scene here. Say, all right, so you and Joe Smith go out uh, bowling, say, you know, once a week. When's the next time you guys are going out? On Tuesday. Okay, great. Well, how about this? You approach him about this on Tuesday. Would you be willing to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose so. Why not? I mean, good. And this is, this is, I'm not kidding. This is, if I want referrals, I will do this. I'll say, no, so how would you approach him on that? Well, I'd say, hey, Joe, you know that problem you're having with your back? Or he says, I don't know how I would approach it. I say, well, why don't you bring it up with him? Why don't you say, hey, Joe, you know, you keep complaining about your back, right? Yeah, yeah. I have, oh, I have terrible problems with my back. Who are you seeing about that? Like you start role playing with the guy. You start giving him examples of, uh, you're actually drilling him. How are you going to approach it with Joe? Why 
Why don't you do it like this? Why don't you do it like that? Would that be, would you feel comfortable with that? Like you want to make sure you're taking a few minutes, but you want to make sure, oh gosh, he's got the whole thing down now. He knows exactly when he's going to do it. He knows how he's going to do it. He knows what to do. That's control. You want to have even better control? Say, look, you know, when you're all done with that, just ask Joe Smith if he'd be willing to take a phone call from me. See, that puts you totally in control. Now, you're not even counting on the guy bringing him. You, next time you see him, did you get Joe Smith's okay for me to call you? Call him. Oh, oh, yeah, did I? Yeah, no, I think I did. Yes, I did. Good. Now, you've got that. Now, you have total control. Now, Joe Smith is expecting your call. You can call him. You can talk to him. You are in control. So remember this, control equals income. One of the cleverest uses, I mean, I know I've been using chiropractic examples because uh, I worked with Dr. David Singer, who was just the master of new patients. And he had a very, very clever form of this, which you absolutely should use, which is that he would tell his new patients that they have to attend, it's mandatory, uh, a, a workshop where you're going to train them on diet and you're going to train them on exercises and so forth, and you do it as a group, okay? And you just say it's part of, it's one of your visits, part of your treatment plan. So it's, it's not really optional. So the guy goes, oh, okay. And you say, when you go out, you know, schedule with uh, the front desk, because we do this once a week on Wednesdays or whenever it is, right? And, and he said, by the way, you need to bring a partner. What? Well, yeah, because you're going to be learning exercises. You're going to be, there's going to be a diet involved, and I want to make sure you have somebody there that, can do that with you. We found it's way, way, way more successful if you have a partner. So who are you going to bring? Now, don't leave it at that. How's the control on that? Yeah, I'll bring somebody. No. Who are you going to bring? Uh, I'll bring my daughter, you know, Sally Ann or whoever it is, or my wife or my husband or my, uh, my best friend or whatever it is. You get that name and you say, okay, good. Me. Go and book uh, yourself with the front desk for the next um, health workshop. You don't have to just do one of these. You could do, you know, a series of two or three, you know, and this is for a chiropractor, but you can, you could do it for automotive repair, you know, like, yeah, we, we really believe in educating our customers because, uh, you know, most of the work we see in here could have easily been avoided if they were a little bit better educated. So, you know, we do these workshops at our automotive repair shop. You do? Whoever heard of that? Man, that's going to give you some goodwill. Trust me. And have bring somebody, right? Okay. So that's one use of that. It's just, and by the way, get them to come in the same car. Like, I don't know how many times, I mean, you don't have to, but if you want to make sure they both show up, say, so you're going to pick up your friend Joe, right? And come together. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, don't, don't count. The number of times I've gone to deliver seminars where the invited guest, there's the poor wise member outside, outside pacing the sidewalk. You know, where's where is Frank? You know, I invited Frank and... He's not here and he swore he was on his way and I don't see him. Yeah, you're not controlling it. Say, well, you know, at the seminar next week, uh, why don't you go and pick up Frank and come in together? Well, that's a great idea. Then you can talk about it, you know, on your way in. You can talk about it on the way home. You can, you know, discuss what you learned. It's better that way. Yeah, you're right. I had a member one time who <laughs> literally kept his uh, selectee in the rear view mirror as he was driving to the seminar. He would just <laughs> say, okay, follow me. And he'd be kept checking his rear view mirror to make sure the guy was there. That's the kind of control it really takes if you want to generate income. The more control you can exert, the more success you're going to have with creating referrals. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you one last law that uh, deserves its own episode, but we already went over uh, that control equals income. Well, here's the next datum. 
And it's from an article from Mr. Harbour dated the 23rd of July, 1972. And he says here, quote, hatting equals control. A person who has had it can control his post, end quote. So we already went over control equals income. Well, guess what equals control? Hatting. So the more you train your employees, the better they'll, they'll be, the more effective they'll be at their jobs. You, you drill them on how to answer the phone. You drill them on how to do a sale. You drill them on how to set up a room. You drill them, you drill them, you drill them, you hat them. You have them read things. You have them watch videos. You hat them. And of course, the more you hat them, the more they can control their posts and the more income you're going to make in your business. That's a, that's a freebie I'm giving you in this episode. It really deserves its own. I think I might have even covered it in earlier episodes, but we'll probably cover it some more because it's that important. But hatting equals control. But here's how it applies to referrals. The more you can hat your reps, the more successful they will be in bringing in uh, selectees or referrals. Goes without saying. So when you're actually drilling them, when you did that little appointment with them where you, you doubled your appointment so you could spend a little extra time and you actually role played with him or drilled him on how he's going to talk to his friend Joe Smith or his neighbor, you're actually hatting him, aren't you? But there's a lot more that could be done about that. You could have special workshops for them. Uh, when you hold these special lunches or dinners for your most productive field reps, you could do a little talk on, you know, how to help your friends better with their health or with their automobiles or with their, you know, construction projects or whatever it is you're going to take it up. There's, there isn't a single industry out there that doesn't have an educational factor that you could bring in that would serve you well and would raise your stature within the eyes of your customers if you properly educated them. Trust me, you know, like, and they will, of course, then be better educated. They'll have more knowledge about the kinds of issues that their friend might bring up in a party about how to renovate their kitchen. They're more educated on kitchen renovation now. Why? Thanks to you. Yeah, the guy that I, that did my kitchen, man, he showed me everything. I totally understood what was happening. And you should go see this guy, you know. And uh, he is the best at what he does. And what's better is you really understand it and you know how to do the minor repairs yourself. You can use this in any industry. I, I, I am convinced uh, if you are imaginative enough or creative enough. Okay, well, I've given you a lot in a pretty short period of time. It's a huge subject and we covered a lot of aspects of it. But um, I just what didn't really feel like breaking it up into two, these a series of uh, of episodes are have their value, but I don't want to make too big a habit of it. So I crammed it all in one, perhaps it's a little bit lengthy episode, but uh, I think you will agree here you have uh, a marketing approach that uh, doesn't have to cost uh, much money at all or even any money. You could even do it without a nickel. If, if you didn't have a nickel to market with, you could still do it through referral. But of course, you have to know what you're doing and a little investment, you know, lunches, dinners, these sorts of things, rewards for your guys, definitely worth the investment. But even so, it's without a question, your most economical and most effective marketing approach. Everyone should have some sort of referral system in their business. And I hope this helps you to uh, create your own and that you achieve a great deal of success with it. Let us know, write us at info at org or write comments. I just discovered the more comments you put there, the more popular our, uh, even though we get tons of downloads, uh, we could rise in the standings in Podbean if you uh, write more comments and of course if I answer them, which is the other thing. But uh, give us your comments, or write us at info at wiseeastus.org and I uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will talk again next week. Thank you for listening.